This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom, our Thanksgiving edition. Hope everybody had a great uh, Thanksgiving. And this Thanksgiving weekend also features the theme of our show, meaning it's Raiders Week, baby. Uh, This rivalry, which dates back to 1960, when both teams were charter members of the AFL. And we have seen, over those six decades, some amazing games, some important games, dominance on both sides. And here we go again. The Chiefs trying to sweep the Raiders for this season. And uh, with a win, the Chiefs would go to 25-3 and three against the division in the last five years under Andy Reid. So with me, I'm Mitch Holters, voice of the Chiefs. With me is the man. He's the barbershop. He's the shop. He's the spider. And he's playing hurt today. <laughs> Shout out to your granddad. Oh, man, I got the granddad voice going right now. You know, a little touch of the whatever's going on. Uh, uh, you know, getting getting ready to uh, just power through this podcast. I got a, a weekend of uh, football, high school football championships this weekend. Yeah, your son's playing uh, for a title. So way to go. Your son's an awesome player. Hey, man, appreciate that. Me age to me age. Stags are going down to Topeka. To go for a championship against uh, Andover Central. Andover Central, yes, yeah. sir. Jaguars. Yes, going for that sixth title in a row right there. So That's for real. My alma mater also playing for a state championship. They'll be in Hayes in 1A trying to go for an 11th state championship. That would be the all-time Kansas record. Miege is closing in on it, but they're tied right now with Lawrence High uh, for all classes. Uh, but it's an amazing high school program. They've had 13 Division One players. Ooh. You've been there, man. Hey, You've man. I had the Center. pleasure to go down to Smith Center, man. I know yeah. one of the things the coach told me I saw on the back of the T-shirt. I still wear it today. Uh, I still wear it around the house. Blood makes the grass grow. I love that <laughs> statement right there, man. Get a little bloody. Hey, man, football is made to play one way in the trenches. We're going to talk about that. Yep, and they'll uh, that center team will be playing Centralia this week. That's John Riggins' alma mater uh, and a great small school program. But we got our own rivalry here. We got the Chiefs and the Raiders. It's Raiders Week, baby. In the first quarter of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, dealing with dealing with this specific game with the Raiders. And by the way, uh, as everybody gets ready to tailgate, our podcast network is brought to you by the incredible people at 360 Vodka. That's the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hometown Vodka, 360 Vodka, great for the holidays. All right, first quarter here, Shop, and we're going to talk about this rivalry history and then handling rivalries at any level. I'm going to put it out there just because it was it's a point here. Mississippi, Mississippi State, Thursday night, Egg Bowl, intense rivalry. Mississippi gets an incredible rally to score at four seconds to go in regulation. And a kid does a gesture in the end zone, down on all fours, acting like he's urinating like a dog, I'm sure, to show up Mississippi State Bulldogs. Boom, penalty flag, back it up 15 yards. The dude misses the point after, and they lose the game. You have played in rivalries, high school, college, and then you start. You broke your – I mean, you got you, – you were weaned in this league in the NFC East, meaning that's the Redskins-Cowboys, Redskins-Eagles, Redskins-Giants. Uh, Giants, yeah. Playing with composure, with the intensity of a rivalry, to me, it's a huge key, and it's determined Chiefs-Raiders games in the past. Who can play with intensity and yet keep the composure and stay away from the stupid penalty that can cost you a game? 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, the coaching staff, it, it kind of starts there. And if there's a coaching staff, if all you talk about is they hate us, we hate them, uh, uh, rivalry, you know, the rivalry between the Raiders and the Chiefs is it is it's bigger than football, it's bigger than life, then you, you allow the guys to get caught up in that. Uh, the one thing I know about Andy is uh, uh, each game matters, right? He, he cares about the games. You can, if you want to know which games matters to him, you just look at the practice schedule. Look at how he sets up uh, off-season workouts, training camp. Um, there are certain teams, obviously our divisional teams, that we practice a little bit more about, a little bit, a little bit more uh, preparing for them. Uh, we might do a little install. For, you know, you have an Oakland install, you have a, a Denver install, and a Charger install. Um, a week when you're not even playing those guys, because you realize we play those games twice. Uh, we play those teams twice each season. And, and those are the teams you have to beat to make it to the playoff. If you want a direct route to the playoffs, um, be, winning your division is the first and foremost way to, the way to get there. Um, you you want to win some home games, be tough on the road, play, play good football, you know, uh, especially at the end of the year, um, in the fourth quarter of the season, um, in those last four weeks. But really, if you can dominate your division, which Andy has done almost historically over the last uh, four or five years, if you can dominate your, your 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 division, that is a way to almost guarantee you have a shot at the playoffs each year. Yeah, that's the first box to check. We're going to get to more of that at the fourth quarter of this podcast. So, you know, hang with us all the way through here. We're going to get to more of that uh, in the fourth quarter about how Andy Reid approaches the Oakland Raider uh, rivalry. Maybe a little bit different than, let's say, a Marty Schottenheimer in the past or some others, but still uh, with the same uh, intended result. But this rivalry in specific uh the Raiders Chiefs rivalry going back to 1960 the AFL Chiefs dominated early on yep then oh my gosh those games in the 80s are some of the most iconic games in pro football history the last AFL game of all time you're involved with the ambassadors you know you'll get in discussions even just you know setting over a cold one or having dinner and those games come up they were incredible games and some again you'll see them on NFL films uh but the fact that the Raiders and Chiefs, the level of play, it's something you've always talked about too. If you're going to have a rivalry, one team just can't dominate or it doesn't feel like a rivalry. Yeah, it has to have that pendulum of performance go back and forth, right? The, the Raiders are playing really good, fighting for divisional dominance, and then the Chiefs play really well. Then the Broncos come in and play very well. Uh, the Chargers had a, had a couple of years where they were, um, you know, that 14-2 and two season always mm-hmm. jumps up at you. Um, so whoever is the, 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 the alpha dog in the division kind of passes around and it makes the other teams realize, hey, if I don't want to get, as we call it, stomped on, if I don't want to get um, thrown about the bar uh, come when, when this division, when this season comes around, I got to you know, pick my game up. And if there's any game, you got to pick it up and be ready to roll because you know the other team has a little bit of a little bit of just a little, a little saltiness. They got a little bit of an extra edge on their, on their shoulder when it comes to playing you. It's these divisional games. Um, I've you know played played here with the the Chiefs three seasons, and every time I lined up against the Raiders, it was a dogfight. It mm-hmm. came down to the last possession, um, um, you know, defense we needed to stop, or, de- or offense we needed one more first down, or you know, a field goal at the end of the game. It didn't matter what our records were going into the season, going into that that week of playing that that, that team during uh, during during that game. Um, you just you just you found a way to get it done. It didn't matter if the, the starting quarterback, backup quarterback. It almost like nothing mattered um, until it was time to kick off. And then once it was time to kick off, you had so much intensity, emotion, uh, passion. Um, you could feel the, the the crowd and the fans um, trying to egging you on because you know you you, you don't want to walk around this city 
and have Raiders fans telling your Chiefs fans, we got the best of you. Uh, you know, we, 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 we won that game on Sunday, whatever it is. So uh, a lot of the intensity is beyond just the actual on the field. It's, it's, it's culturally in here in the kingdom. We don't, we don't want any Raiders fans walking around here thinking that they, the be, they got the best of us, um, even if they don't win the division. We don't want them coming back to week, uh, week 13. Uh, we came in and beat you at your house and that kind of talk. So you, gotta, you, gotta, you, you do as a player have an air, uh, a, little, a, little bit, a little bit of an edge on your shoulder when it comes to these, uh, these rivalry games. Yeah, and trying to keep this rolling uh, nine out of ten times. The Chiefs have beaten the um, Raiders, so they'll try to keep it rolling. But going back in the history, you think about Len Dawson getting speared by Ben Davidson and Otis Taylor Ooh. coming up trying to protect his quarterback. You think about uh, the Raiders getting the best of the Chiefs in 1968 and 69 in the regular season. The Raiders had two regular season wins, and the Chiefs got the one that counted the most, the last AFL game uh, played of all time that set up the Chiefs winning in Super Bowl Four. So – Chiefs-Raiders rivalry history, and now we go to 2019 as we enter the second quarter of our Defending the Kingdom, it's Raiders Week Baby uh, podcast, and we get into this specific game, this specific rematch. Chiefs won 28-10 to in Week 2. That seems like 100 years ago, <laughs> but the Chiefs defense dealing with the triangle. It's one thing I'm going to talk about with Andy Reid on our pregame show on the radio if people listen to that, and that is the triangle. You, uh, the Raiders, to me, have a really good triangle that in Derek Carr, the runner, Josh Jacobs, who's making an impact out of rookie out of Alabama, and then a tight end, Darren Waller, who's setting it with 59 catches and 700 yards. That triangle, a runner, a mismatched tight end, and a quarterback who leads the NFL right now in third down uh, passer rating presents an issue. Yeah, Derek Carr has been a guy, I think, he, he's been thrown kind of under the bus like way too often for something most of them not even under, under, under his control. But if you go back and look at his stats week in and week out, if you want a quarterback that can throw the ball for 275, two touchdowns in the pick, and that's the, 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 the gauge you're using of a good outing, then more times than not he'll give you that. Mm-hmm. It, it's just late. You know, some games they're, they're too far out of it, and he's being forced to pass – um, more than he's comfortable, or uh, forced to kind of put the team on his shoulder and make plays when it's not there, uh, and then he just hasn't rose to those occasions late, you know, uh, often in his career. Uh, but if I look at, you know, like I said, this season as a whole, I think he had he's had really two bad games of the uh, eleven ball games they played. So that I mean that's not really a bad click. And like you said, his third down efficiency is is phenomenal. It's just that you know in those normal downs, in the first and second downs, they're not getting enough chunk plays. Uh, to set him up for for for, for manageable third downs, uh, but he's he's been finding a way to still uh, step up and and show that he has the leadership abilities, he has the uh, the moxie to be a quarterback. He's always had the arm talent, um, and now they're just surrounding him with a, a few weapons. Um, you know, drafting Jacobs uh, with the with the first with their first round pick as a running back, you knew he was going to get some action early on. And he showed to be. Um, you know, proven and tested, being a good running back here in the league, and then the Darren Waller kid, man, he, he's kind of he's fought through some things, he's battled some some issues, some demons, yeah. uh, but he's kind of he's put his passion and his purpose in the right place, and he's come out this season and he's focused on actually being a difference maker and being there for his quarterback. Um, and there's almost no situation where Derek Carr should feel bad throwing it up to him because that guy's been able to uh, make some f- fantastic grabs um, whenever needed. 
He can play in the slot. He'll play an X, and so he's he's a, he's like Kelsey. He can move around and play every receiver slot and run every receiver route. Uh, Carr though is sick of answering about losing at Arrowhead. Zero and five at Arrowhead. Uh, if you look at his season this year, going back to the third down prowess, he's got 15 touchdowns and six picks on third down. Derek Carr has 11 touchdowns of his 15 on third down and only one interception. And his passer rating is the best in the league on third down in the NFL. But at Arrowhead. Wow. 0-5, only three touchdowns in those five games, passing five interceptions. Here's the other big deal. He has been sacked nine times in the last three games at Arrowhead, three in each game. And it's just been a nightmare for him here. He's sick of talking about it. They keep asking (laughs) him about it. But uh, a chance of trying to pressure him and try to get him into some mistakes and negate the triangle that the Raiders bring into this game. Yeah, we got, we definitely have to have an air of starting fast on defense, bringing that pressure, um, having our front four be relentless, um, getting them seeing, like we, we heard Donald say a few weeks ago, seeing ghosts, um, feeling pressure even when it's not there, feeling a need to step up out the pocket, um, even when in the pocket it still has an integrity. Um, and that points to their weakness. I mean, the, the weakness of their team on offense is their offensive line. Um, they don't. They don't have heavy anchors. They don't. They don't set really uh, uh, solid pockets for him to be in. So he's always on the move. He is. He, he always has to keep his feet dancing. Um, but he's a young, mobile quarterback. He, he can make all the throws on the run. Um, so you just have to be aware of that play being extended and then holding your coverage throughout the down, whether it's three, four, five seconds throughout the down. Hold on to the integrity of your coverage and allow those 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 guys trying to pursue. Uh, car to get there, uh, and I think our, our our defensive line is going to do a great job against their front five. And hey, they got a guy that used to be here, right? Their center used to be here, yep. and we we know that the one thing he doesn't have is he doesn't have a heavy anchor. He doesn't like to lift lower body. He's not a guy who's uh, you know uh, one of those uh, fire hydrant type centers. Uh, he's kind of light in the rear, and so if we we do some things on that guy. Um, I think we can get Hudson off his off his mark, and you know when when he gets off his mark, he starts playing a little dirty, and that's I think that's why the Raiders like him because he plays a little dirty. Um, <laughs> but then we that's when we have to have that uh, be able to rise above what's going on on the field, rise above those dirtiness, those cheap shots, and realize we have to win this ball game. Focus should be st- st- uh, stays on winning the ball game over any uh, personal agendas. Yeah, and Rodney Hudson, four years with Kansas City, thirty five starts. His best that we smart, too, he can move. I mean, he can move around screens and the like. But the, you brought up the penalties. Again, a Raiders staple. 92 penalties this year called against the Raiders, accepted against them. There's only three teams that have more. You mentioned something, though, before we, get, we close in on halftime of this edition of Defending the Kingdom podcast. This one entitled, It's Raiders Week, Baby. Okay, is starting fast on defense. Um, it's something I'm going to ask Andy Reid about, too, in our pregame show on, on Sunday, is that we hear about starting fast. We always think offense. Yeah. Offense, start fast, start fast, play fast, get the lead, get the lead. I think of the Vikings game this year for the Chiefs. They started fast in that game. They got the Vikings off the field, uh, trying to get three and outs, get the field flipped right away if you have to defend first possession. And the Chiefs are 30th in the league. They have allowed now 35 points, I think, on first possessions uh, allowed. So starting fast on defense and setting the tone where you dictate the terms of the game to the Raiders – not the vice versa. Yeah, that, you know, it comes from, you know, play, play calling sometimes has a lot to di- dictate that because you, you don't want to be so aggressive. Uh, like, you know, we saw games last night, right, with the Detroit Lions and the, yeah. um, and, and, and the, and the Bears where it seems like the Bears were, came out so excited after they got that lead and they end up the first pass Detroit going with a double move and going over the top. So you want to prevent 
giving a touchdown away because you're trying to be so aggressive and you're starting to start so fast that you're not being disciplined. But you definitely don't want to be uh, on your heels. You don't want to be um, just just playing zones, letting the, the, the quarterback get comfortable making his reads and throws, allowing the running game to get started, you know, five, six yards to carry on first and second down. Um, you want to come out with a solid intention of really being a stone wall. Um, knowing you're going to get off the field on that first three and out. It starts with that first play, right, that first snap, um, um, being all over that quarterback. Even if he gets the ball off, you want to be close enough where you can pat him on the butt or run by him and yell at him so he knows, hey, I, I'm, I'm close to getting to you. Don't, don't, you're not back here. You're not comfortable. You, you, shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel any kind of security being back here because I'm humming, I'm coming for you, um, whether we bring pressure or not. Uh, that's the kind of uh, atmosphere and our crowd has a lot to do with it. Yep. When you bring that crowd noise and, and the ball is hiked, um, when they hear that that crowd noise heightening, and it's kind of like a crescendo. When they hear everything starting to to rise and peak, they they as a quarterback you start feeling it must be somebody coming close to me. Somebody's almost about to get me. <laughs> the crowd is starting to roar. So sometimes that makes you speed up your own clock. So the one thing we don't want we don't want Derek Carr feeling comfortable here at Arrowhead. We want him to. Uh, feel pressured, feel like he has to release the ball before he's ready. Um, And defensively, we can do some things when it comes to rerouting receivers, uh, being really physical against the tight end and running backs, um, and then being, you know, being a penetrating defense like we've been, like you said, since that Minnesota game. Uh, We've been been very good at penetrating the pocket, um, being gap sound, and uh, defending the run and pass uh, equally effective. Oakland second in the league, average length of scoring drives, only Atlanta's better, so they can hang on to the ball. That would probably be their uh, recipe in this game. All right, it's halftime of this Defending the Kingdom podcast. Our This is one titled, uh, It's Raiders Week, baby, looking at the breadth and scope of this rivalry, zeroing in on this specific game on Sunday. Uh, and again, our podcast network brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, halftime, 12 minutes in the NFL. You do your thing, biological fluid, get, get an orange. You got to, man, we got to get, we have to shoot you up first here of this uh, sickness you got or what. But we're gonna, here we go, one second. There you go. Now it's third quarter. So you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, bro. You're fighting through it, man. It's barbershop. Um, the next one deals with the other side of the ball, and that is the Oakland. If you're looking at the way, how can Oakland win this game? Their defensive line and the young defensive front. And this is a group, something I haven't seen very much in football at any level. Uh, they're 26 sacks. This defensive front for Oakland has all of them. Like, no linebacker sacks that mm-hmm. I can see. No DB sacks. No send the hey, send the slot corner, and he gets a sack. It's the front. Uh, specifically, doing Max Crosby, a rookie out of Eastern Michigan. He's got seven and a half sacks. He's a close friend of Andrew Wiley on the Chiefs offensive line. But it leads me to start with the offensive line. They were looking around the huddle in the game in Mexico City going, hey, the band's back together. Now, you could see parts of that happen in the game against the Chargers in the win of Mexico City. But what about having some continuity on the offensive line, especially against this young defensive front of Oakland? Yeah, every offensive line, it comes about trust communication, right? Those two things, every every effective, every uh, elite offensive line in the league, they do a great job of communicating uh, pre, pre-snap adjustments, um, pickups, um, so they can pick up all the D-line stunts and anything like that. 
Um, and you know this team. You know we 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 played this team before. It's that same base Cincinnati um, mm-hmm. style of defense. They don't bring a lot of extra pressure. They don't bring cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, they let their front four uh, angle and and do te stunts and 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 shifts and motions um, with the backers. Um, to try to get your count off, and then they allow their front four to try to go beat you man on man. Um, they've drafted some studs up there. Uh, you already men- mentioned uh, Max Crosby, but also um, Colin Farrell from Clemson. Um, so they got some guys up there that can really go hunt. Um, and we know Crosby. I mean, he kind of reminds you of that uh, Jared uh, Jared Allen type body frame, yeah, right? Long, so. um, real long arms, create separation, great motor. He's going to continue to come after you, and he's going to get most of his sacks and pressures just off of outworking you. And as an old line, that's what you like. You don't, I mean, these uber talented guys just have amazing speed off the edge and that kind of thing. Uh, Devon Miller's the uh, the Max, uh, those type of uh, pass rushers. Either you get either you get them or you don't. They, I mean, you take a shot or you, or you miss them and they get to the sack. But the guys that try to outwork you, um, those are the guys you gotta kind of you know you bring your lunch pail lunch, um, and you gotta go to work. You gotta really. Like, lean on this guy all game long. You got to try to uh, um, just work on him and, and, and try to create a, a situation where uh, his level of conditioning gets gets questioned. Um, some long drives, is he going to tap himself out? Uh, you want to make this a 12-round match against this defensive line because they're young and they're aggressive. Um, Arden Keaton, all those guys, they're going to kind of try to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, and you got to just keep fighting as the offensive line, just keep punching, keep punching. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're at home because you'll have all the crowd, the sea of red behind you, cheering you on, and, and just keep motiv- motivating you. And we just got to keep pounding these guys. Um, you know, the weather shouldn't be a concern, but we heard it's supposed to be windy and cold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that leads more to the ground game. So um, if we got to just turn this into a ground and pound game, uh, all offensive line, um, I think stands up really well against their young guys. I think we can move that line of scrimmage a few yards in their direction and keep our running backs clean. Yeah, and to have a quarterback that can negate the win in the passing game, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. Oh, yeah. Because his arm is so strong. Uh, but these this defensive front of Oakland reminds me, talking about the history of this rivalry, to me, they're a little bit of a throwback. Cleland Farrell is one of the, he reminds me of the throwback Raider guys of the 60s. And Max Crosby the same way, the Ben Davidson types. But, uh, they're, they're for real. Now, if you get – many times uh, we'll, you and I will talk about it, or I'll talk about one click of time. If you just give Patrick Mahomes one click of time, right. 1,001, one click, two clicks, boom, what can happen? Let's just look at this. Oakland is the worst team in the league. They have allowed 55 20-yard passes um, or more, 20-plus passes, 55 the Chiefs have been at the top of that list on the offensive side all year long. Now, they've slipped a little bit. They're third with 47 20-plus passes, but they got 56 total 20-plus plays. The point is, one more click of time. If there's anything that jumped off the tape of me with the Jets game and blowing out Oakland last mm-hmm. week was when either they ran a rub in the middle or they hit the second level of the third level, it was like over, like a, a – 12 to 15 yard play became 40 or yeah. they were just running by him. So if you, 
what about attacking second and third level? Even if I run to the second level, I can get to the third level and create a big play, even something that's designed not to throw it 40 yards down the field. Yeah, the West Case offense is, 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 is amazing at getting the ball into the receiver's hands quick, get him to the second and third level. Um, what you see by the Raiders is they're, you know, they want to challenge you up front. They want to reroute you. Um, but they, they definitely have never, you know, they, they haven't proven this, this year they have the personnel that can stay with you through the down. And then what I say is that when you line up as a secondary guy, you might have inside leverage, and for a, a few steps, for the first five or six steps of the route, you're able to remain in that leverage. But what I've seen from the Raiders' defense is even when they got inside leverage and they try to remain in that, that same uh, relationship to receiver, the receivers are just more athletic than they are. They're able, they have more top-end speed. They're faster. Uh, they're more elusive. So sometimes their jams don't work. Uh, when you do rubs and, and you do stack releases, uh, sometimes they get caught out of uh, out of position and leaving free runners and, and, and free guys throughout the secondary. So giving Pat Mahomes, just like you said, another little second, half second to uh, watch their secondary unfold, it should be very clear um, um, who's the uh, receiver that, 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 that develops and, and comes and comes to target. And we know Pat has the arm that it doesn't take much for him to be able to get the ball anywhere to be attacked you know, the, the the three deep zones or the four underneath zones, um, everything is on the table with this guy. And so the thing that uh, a secondary like the Raiders that are kind of been leading the league at, at giving up these big 20-plus yard plays, not all of them has been bombs. Like you said, it's been no. slants that people have just taken for 20 yards. It's been curl routes because of a missed tackle that the guys turn up the sideline. Um, so – just from a secondary standpoint, and when, it, when I'm talking about the secondary, you, sometimes you do include these linebackers and nickel and dime coverages. They just haven't been very good at staying in proper uh, relations to the receivers. So not only make a play on the ball, but then once you even catch the ball, to be in a proper position to bring you down for a tackle. Yeah, to br- I'll illustrate your point, Demarcus Robinson, his best game of his career was week two against Oakland. That seven-catch, 172-yard game for him. McCole Hardman, a little bit of a coming-out party for him there uh, because he had his first career touchdown on a 43-yarder. But to your point, in both of those cases, same thing. Either through to the third level, boom, big play, hit the second level and just outrun him, which is what the Jets did last week. Again, this is our Defending the Kingdom Thanksgiving edition. It's Raiders Week Baby podcast to get you ready for this game. Chiefs win this game. They can get some distance now in the division and basically a two-game lead with a tiebreaker over the Raiders with just four games to go. That segues into our fourth quarter of this podcast, and it deals with something we touched on at the beginning of the podcast, but that is Gruden versus Reed here. Reed's, uh, Coach Reed's approach, um, yes, the Raiders are it's, – it's not just about Raiders week. It's about division football. Again, Chiefs win this game. They will be 25-3 and against the division in the past five years. Andy Reid, when he was coaching the Eagles, 14 years with the Eagles, won the NFC East. You played in that division. You played in both these divisions. That He won it eight times. You alluded to this at the beginning of the podcast. Andy Reid spends time all year long, all 12 months, maybe not 365 on everybody, but he thinks about him. The emphasis on winning division games. For Andy Reid, this is much about winning the division, beating a division opponent as it is beating the Raiders. Definitely. I mean, you, you got you have to look at your division inside. What, what do they do well as a division? If, if you're in a division that has a bunch of ground gainer, uh, grinders, ground and pound, and they don't attack the, the, the field vertically, then, then 
you using your resources to go get a bunch of cornerbacks as opposed to run stopping linebackers would be you know you're fighting you're, you're fighting yourself uphill right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to even from a personnel standpoint, you look at your division, you look at what things each of these three other teams do well, and you have to make sure if there's something you do defensively, you have to stop that. Because you know you're going to see that six times throughout the year. Of your 16 games, six of those games against the same three teams. And you got to be able to stop what they do well. Uh, like a team that's trying to defend the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know we have a, a, an elite quarterback. You know we have an awesome set of receivers and awesome tight end. So for a team to not uh, have some, some draft capital or spend some free agent money on corners and safeties and, and those type of positions um, in order to stay – um, in the ball game with, with with the Kansas City Chiefs would would be for not, and I think that's what you've seen over the last um, since Andy Reid has got here. Um, there's nobody in our division that really matched up well against us mm-hmm. um, from a standpoint of having three or four cornerbacks, two safeties, um, edge rush that makes the ball get out now. Um, every, everybody, we are still the most dominant team as far as skill position. Um, when, when we have all our guys going. Um, if you match them up against anybody in the division, it's hard for me to say that you don't bet that the Chiefs are going to come out no matter where you play, home or away. Um, 90% of the time, um, the Chiefs have the better personnel um, up and down on the roster. And we've done a great job. Brett Beach has done a great job of really um, tooling up this uh, 2019 team with a lot of weapons, a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. Um, using being able to use Kelsey as a uh, tight end slash receiver and spreading them up in a flex position or putting them in the core, um, having them come out the background, backfield, uh, shovel pass, all the different ways we've been able to use him, um, and it just adds to it. The uses of Sammy Watkins and Cole Hartman, like you said, uh, Robinson. Uh, you can't go into a Kansas City Chiefs game thinking you're going to take away just our best, our, our one or two um, – uh, best tools because then you'll get beat by the other three. No question. It's just devastating to try to defend this team. Okay. Finally, we've got about a minute, a minute or two left in this podcast. It deals with something. I, I think this rivalry is a gift to the fans. Yes, it is. Anytime you're around a rivalry, I think it's a gift. I don't care if it's the Red Sox, Yankees, or whatever sport it is. Um, to have this rivalry and these division rivalries, but this Raider rivalry for the fans, for the Chiefs kingdom, I think it's a gift. It is, and, it, and as a fan of the game, you you want your team to be a team that's noted and talked about. You, you, yeah, you want to win championships, but um, the worst thing that happens is that your team wins the Super Bowl one year and then is irrelevant for the next ten. Um, um, you know, I've talked to some Giants fans, some Cowboys fans. Man, a decade ago, they were winning championships, but their teams aren't really good right now. And everybody, when you click on Monday night, uh, Monday morning football, you hear Stephen A. Smith and the guys talking about football, it's the Patriots, it's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens, it's the 49ers, it's the Saints. Those are the five teams on everybody's mouth. And the fact that we have one of those five teams and our team has been dominating our AFC West Conference for not one, two, not three, on the way for a fourth consecutive AFC West title, um, it's, it's just more proof to the pudding. And I think fans, sometimes they get a little bit, um, um, you know, um, good doesn't – they don't get satisfied with good. They want great, and they want great every season. And sometimes they have to be a little bit humbled and realize um, sometimes you have to build toward that greatness. It takes, a, it takes, it takes, it takes a 12 months of building to make this team as great as it needs to be. And uh, right now we're in a position of really uh, putting the pedal to the metal 
and uh, really making a great push in this 2019 playoff season. All right, your job now is to get healthy. I got yep. the medicine ball right here. You got it Starbucks right medicine ball got us. My job is to stay healthy, so stay away from yeah, me. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so, one, you got a son playing for a state high school football championship. That doesn't happen every day, so get healthy. That's right. Coach and, John Holmes doing a great job with those yes, guys at Bishop Meage. They're going and for then, a sixth title. And then Walter White's fundraiser, remembering Walter White. Yes. Uh, we lost him this past offseason. Um, and a big fundraiser for him, chicken and pickle, doing that. That's going to be great. Um, and then you and I both got a lot to do on Sunday, brother. Hey, man, Sunday long is day, always baby. packed. Long, it's going to be a long weekend. Hey, but, man, this is Thanksgiving weekend. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Whether I'm 100% healthy, sick under the weather, you will always get the best version of barbershop. I'm going to come here ready to uh, speak the truth to the Chiefs' kingdom. I think an educated fan is the best fan because they don't get all the smoke and mirrors at national media trying yeah. to build up the Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. They, they, Chiefs' kingdom knows uh, Andy Reid is the best thing for this team. And whatever Andy does, they're good with it, man. They're ready to roll. Uh, they support their team 110%. Um, and they, 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 they're so appreciative of the way Andy uh, runs his team. Well, I know this. As we close out this podcast, it's Raiders Week, baby. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs' official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead. 